There's a lot of things that we glory in. The main thing should be the cross, as we'll see next. Join us. Power, position, possessions. Those are things that we usually find rather easy to glory in, boast in, brag about, right? But what about the real thing, the one thing that should occupy our hearts like nothing else? Glorying in the cross. That's the title of today's message, and this is Times of Refreshing from the Well a Christian community in Livermore, California. Won't you join us? We're in Galatians chapter 6 today as we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, for today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing and a clear look at the cross. One of the things that's really just baffled me because I did not grow up in a church is is, uh, becoming a part of a local church, uh, seeing people that have the external appearance, but, but then as you begin to scratch the surface, that people really weren't living fully out the reality of who Christ was in their life. And, I, and I've struggled with this for years, just understanding what, what, is the, what is the disconnect? Because most of the time, Jesus had problems with individuals who had the external right, but they did not have the internal right. So he called them whitewashed tombs. He calls them as, a, 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 you know, a, a dead men's bones. I mean, it was amazing how he just talked about things where you see how People looked apart, but yet internally it wasn't there. And so as a pastor, this is something that I'm constantly looking at. God, I, I want to make sure because the essence of my message, saints, is to preach, to teach, to prophesy, the minister with the, the gifts and the calling and the anointing that God has on my life to see the fullness of the manifestation of the life of Christ within the believer. That's my message. Christ in you is the hope of glory. I want to see people transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ from glory to glory. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 to 18, look what it says. It says, now the Lord is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Somebody say transformed. He says we are being transformed into the image that we are constantly beholding. We're beholding in the mirror the glory of the Lord, and we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. And so we know that it is progressive because it is from glory to glory, but at the end of the day, we have to see that all of us, Our lives should not just be about church attendance or church service or doing something for God. It should be about being transformed by God. Can I have an amen? The word transformed here is the idea of transformation refers to an invisible process in Christians, which takes place or begins to take place during their life in this In this age, this word transformed or changed, the King James says, um, is something that we we have to really begin to expect, desire, long for, 
yearn for, hunger for, pursue, that at the end of the day, Lord Jesus, I want to become more like you. I want to be transformed into your image. And one of the things that I wrote, I wrote, I said, don't get so consumed with what God is doing through you. Stay focused on what God is doing in you. Listen, saints, don't get so consumed what God's doing through you. He's going to do a lot of things through you. He's going to use you. You're going to win people to Christ. You're going to do these things. And, and all these things are good. What we need to do is stay focused on what God is doing in us. It's in us. Christianity is an inside job that manifests itself externally. But so many times we can get so caught up on the external that we lose sight of what he's really trying to do, and that is to transform your life from the inside out. And what I mean by transformation, I'm talking about transforming the way you think, transforming the way you feel, transforming your heart, transforming everything about you so that you begin to reflect him, not just from an external standpoint, and we're going to see this, but from an internal standpoint. Can I have an amen in here? This is what God is really looking for in our life. He's trying to do something in us. But so many times we get to Christ, we come to Christ, and we want to find out what I can do for God. And God is saying, well, will you allow me to do something in you? When we do the in first, then the external becomes beautiful and consistent. There's longevity. There's a consistency with it that people can appreciate. And so, saints, we have to take time to ask ourselves, am I allowing God to transform me? You know, sometimes transformation can be painful. God's going to stretch you. He's going to pull on you. And he's going to start talking to you about those areas that you thought that you were all that in a bag of chips in. Can I have an amen? He's going to say, oh, yeah, you thought you was real good, huh? And he's going to put his, his finger on things progressively because why? Because he loves you enough to make you more and more like him from day to day. I love it. I think that's something that we have to embrace and thank God for as we're going through this process. Go to Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 on down to 7. Philippians chapter 1. Look what it says here in verse verse 3. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day in, until now. Now look at this. Being confident of this very thing. That he, God, who has begun a good work, where? Will do what? Until the day of, our, uh, the, to the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. Look at verse 6 again. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work, he didn't say through you, he says in you, that God's Part of his ministry right now is doing something on the inside of you. We know what it, was, know what it is, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. It's transformation. Metamorpho. It's the word we get metamorphosis from. 
from the inside out, God is doing something in you. And he's, he's working on you. He's working in you. And the Bible says that, that Apostle Paul was confident that he who had begun a good work in you would complete it. So there should be an expectation that, God, you're going to finish what you started in me. Can I have an amen? Every area of my life where I'm longing for change and I'm longing to go to another level, longing to become more like you. God, you are working on me. And as a result of that, I have a confidence that you're going to complete it. Some of us never think that we can get rid of our attitude. Some of you in this room, you probably never thought that you could ever stop cussing. See, I got some of y'all right now. I'm preaching up in here. Because, saints, I'm telling you, it is possible. Can I have an amen? Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him you better ask somebody. God is going to change you from the inside out. That's the power of God. Saints, I'm telling you, he's begun this work in you. Some of us are thinking. We don't think we can change. God said, I can change your mind. I don't care what you smoked, what you drank, what you was involved in. I'll put brain cells back in your mind if I can. I, can I have an amen? I'll put them smooth back in your mind. I'm not smart. I'm just, you know, I smoke too much hashish and I can't think anymore. The devil is a lie. God will quicken your mortal body. Amen. Make you the smartest person in the class. Don't get me started up in here. Come on, don't tell me what God can't do. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it. I want to be made whole. I want to be complete. I want God to finish his work in my life. And this is exactly what he's doing in your life, amen? This is what he wants to do. And so Apostle Paul was confident of this, and we have to be confident. When somebody meets us, I don't care how bad they look, saints, I don't care how terrible they look. We have to begin to let people know that if God did it for me, he can do it for you. It doesn't matter how bad you are. God can change your life. Amen. He can transform you. People need to see this hope. They need to see it in us and they need to hear it from us. Now watch this. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to look at verses 14 on down to 19. Transformation from glory to glory into the image of Jesus Christ. It's an internal work that he's performing right now. We're confident of this. And it's a work that causes us. Now watch this. It causes us to be 10,000 times stronger on the inside than we are on the outside. You know, I watch this with Christians. Because... Pressure will make your pipe brust. You know, let me say this to you. I want to say this to you guys. So you guys, you know, from my standpoint, I've always, even with our, with, with our church and when I look at churches, any church, at some point in time, any church that you're a part of is going to have to take the fire test. It's going to pass through the fire. Jesus said that in his, in his word. He's not looking for wood, hay, and stubble. He's looking for gold, s- silver, and precious stones. Every church is going to have to, t- and every single Christian at some point in time, you're going to find yourself. I'm not saying when or how, but I just know Jesus, and I know this Bible. At some point in time, God's going to say, okay, do you mind if I turn the heat up a little bit? Has there anybody in the room you've never had God turn the heat up on you? 
Is there anybody in here who has had God turn the... the <laughs> I mean, and, and, and the thing that really gets me sometimes is that, that you know that God is involved in this. Okay, God, you're just trying to... Yeah, okay. So the best thing I can say to you is, hold on. You know, saints, what happens is, though, through it all, God wants to make us strong in here. Watch this. Look at verse 14 on down to 19. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be what? With might through his spirit. Where? The inner man. The inner man. He's working on your inner man. Transformation is about your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the width and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of who? Of God. This is it. That I want to be strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man. That my inner man becomes strong. That you don't buckle under the pressure. That you don't cower back. That you don't have a... A spirit of fear, that there's something in you that rises up because of the work, the transformation power that God is releasing in you. Now understand that when Apostle Paul is writing this and he's dealing with this, there is extreme pressure on these Christians. It's not in like anything that we've ever seen in our day. These people were being stoned to death, thrown into prisons. They were scourged. They were mocked. They had cruel scourgings. These individuals were were ostracized and rejected and kicked out of society. Not only just from a political system that was against them, but also a, a religious system that was opposed to them. So there is extreme pressure that he is talking about and he's dealing with at this particular time. But in the midst of it, God is telling him basically that he's praying that God would strengthen you on the inside. That there's something in you that's been changed so that you don't respond the same way. You don't live the same way. You don't, you don't war according to the flesh. You don't do things. Because something in you is different. You've been transformed. And for all of us here, we need to embrace this and ask God. God, continue to transform me in my thinking. God, strengthen me with might according to your glorious power in my inner man. That I become a strong person within. There's something about me, there's a strength. Strength to resist temptation. Strength to rush to the battle instead of away from the battle. Strength to pray. Jesus looked at the disciples and said, could you guys not pray for one hour? I want strength to pray. That there's something in me that wants to pray and wants to seek God. Well, saints, this is what God is doing on the inside of us. It's called transformation. Just think of every Christian was strengthened with might according to God's power in their inner man, and they live this kind of lifestyle in the midst of the world. We have shocked the world. There's nothing the enemy could do. If people really embrace the transformation process, which should be a blessing, that they prayed prayers like, God, transform me. Change me. Make me what I could never make myself. 
Lord, I'm not, I don't want to be a performer. I want to be transformed. I want you to do something on the inside of me. Make me more like you. That it's not about me just coming to church. And then not even hearing and picking up my Bible for the rest of the week. But every day I'm getting my daily bread. Every day I'm getting before you. That something in me is being changed. God, this is what I want. Saints, this is the heart of God. And what he's trying to do in every single person's life under the sound of my voice. Including me. I think what has to happen is, saints, we have to understand that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is not just an external expression. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is within you. It's within you. Go to Matthew chapter 16. I want to show you this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 28, and we're going to read it. On down to Matthew chapter 17, verse 8. Now look at this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 28. It says, Assuredly I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Then it says, Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, And John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured or transformed or changed before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with them. That is the law and the prophets. He says, then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. It says, Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces And were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and do not be afraid. And then he says, When they had lifted up their eyes, look at the saints, they saw no one but Jesus only. He said, You're going to see the kingdom. You're going to see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. You're going to see something that no one else is going to see, that nobody knows yet. And so the next thing that happens is he takes James, John, and Peter up to a high mountain and he begins to give them a glimpse of what the true manifestation of the kingdom of God is all about. And I wrote this down. The greatest expression of the manifestation of the kingdom of God now, now watch this, is what God is doing in you. He was transfigured before them to give them a glimpse of what the king's domain is really about. God has no problem ruling in the earth and ruling in the heavens and doing those things. The greatest issue that God has right now, and I wouldn't call it an issue, but it is something that obviously he, he, he's dealing with, is the greatest, the greatest challenge is God not reigning out here, but is God reigning where? And Jesus 
was a personification of the kingdom, a manifestation of the king's domain. He was glorified. That which was taking place inside of him, they began to get a glimpse of it externally. So they saw the glory. The glory that was in him was revealed externally to them. And so for us, it's in reverse because God reveals itself to us. But now, right now, God is doing an internal work on all of us. He's working on us. Why? Because God doesn't have a problem reigning out there. He's trying to reign in your life. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He wants to rule in you. He wants to reign in you. He wants to sit upon the seat of your heart, which is his throne, and he wants to govern from that place. He wants to tell you to go left, and you go left. He wants to tell you to go right, and you go right. He wants to tell you to be quiet, and you actually do get quiet. He wants to tell you to be patient, and you're patient. You're not fidgety. And he wants to tell you to rest, and you rest. He wants to tell you, I love you, and you receive his love. He wants to tell you, turn off the television and read the Bible so I can give you some more insight and train you from the inside out. And you actually turn the television off and you sit down and you say, God, I'll do whatever you want to do. Why? Because you are the king and I am your domain. And so he goes up and he says, you're going to see the son of man coming in his kingdom. You're going to see the power of the glory. You're going to see me having dominion and authority over flesh. I'm modeling for you guys what I'm going to do in your life. I'm going to reign and rule from within. It's not an issue. God can wipe out every kingdom. We saw what he did to Nebuchadnezzar. We've seen what he's done to the Egyptian. We've seen what God has done to the Medo-Persian Empire. We see what God has done to the Grecian Empire. We see what God has done to the Roman Empire. The empires don't, he has no problem with the empire. He's trying to get the hearts of man. That's where the king wants to reign. And for all of us, we have to embrace this aspect of what he's doing. And we see that the glory that was in him, only thing that happened is they began to see what's transpiring in him. He's, God, his father, was reigning in our Lord Jesus Christ, causing him to do what he wanted him to do to, a, to accomplish something great in the earth for our sake. And even when Jesus was on the, in the Garden of Gethsemane and he started thinking about a different way, he said, no, he reigns in me. Nevertheless, Father, take this cup. I don't like the pain. I don't like what I'm going through. It doesn't feel good. But nevertheless, I'm not the ruler here. Your will be done. I mean, but can we really say that as Christians? Is it really reigning in you? Because he's trying to transform you from glory to glory into his image so that ultimately he sits on the throne of your heart and now people benefit for his transformation process in your life. That's the, that's the healings, deliverance, the power of God, casting out demons. All those are, those, are, those are great signs of the kingdom. But ultimately, the greatest sign is God's Greatest expression of the manifestation of God's kingdom now is what he's doing in you. That's the greatest manifestation of the kingdom of God. Is that he's reigning in your life. Amen. 
So how do we get this going? How do we get this going? I mean, I, I, I've heard all this. I thank God for all this. But, Lord, I need some tools to get me get started in this because, quite frankly, I want God to do something in my life and in the heart of this church. God is cleaning the heart of the church. I want God to do this in the heart of our church. The transformation process begins with all of us. God does something powerful. With our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, you're listening to Times of Refreshing. We trust and pray today's program has encouraged you in grace. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, maybe you'd like to review today's message again on CD, please contact us toll-free at 800-374-9204. That's 800-374-9204. If you're writing to us, you can reach us at Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. As you remember times of refreshing and this ministry, would you please remember that we are listener-supported? Simply put, that means we rely on you, our listening family, to continue to help support this broadcast, not just prayerfully, but financially as well. So would you prayerfully consider how you might get involved with the ministry as we continue to minister the gospel of Christ here on this, your station, we would greatly appreciate it. Reach us again at 800-374-9204 or write to us at Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You can also find more information online at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. 